Welcome back to the Wally Pit Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. I'm Jake. And we're back for episode number nine of season three of the Wally Pit Podcast, presented by WOCR 89.1, The One. And this week has kind of been a slow week. We got some we got some topics that we can for sure talk about. No major news, no really any major topics to discuss, but there have been a lot of players that have just absolutely been murdering the ball. I want to start with Acuna, who has just been on an absolute tear offensively. And I know we were talking about this before the show, a little topic to get into off of Acuna of the 40-40 club, home, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases, and a lot of people are predicting him to be the first one in over 25 years to join this club. Yeah, I think it would be very impressive if Acuna did it. I think going into the season, a lot of people, like Acuna is one of the guys with the quickest hands in the league, and he's also one of the fastest guys in the league. And a perfect example of this was, I think it was the game, I think yesterday, that was on Sunday Night Baseball. He literally hit a routine ground ball to the shortstop, like Didi Gregorius, and he beat it out. And it was really impressive. Like, that's that's the type of player Ronald Acuna is. He hits the ball really hard, and he hustles out every play. Him and Mike Trout, like we said before the show, I think are going to be the two two guys in their respective leagues, Mike Trout in the American League and Ronald Acuna in the National League. They're going to be the two guys in their respective leagues, I think, who could both go for the 40-40 club this year, and I think it would be a crazy year if it could happen uh, in both divisions. Yeah, I mean, he you, as you said, he he's tied for first or tied for second in home runs. Is that what you said? Acuna? Yeah. I don't even think Acuna's in uh, the top five. It's uh, Byron Buxton, J.D. Martinez, Ryan McMahon, Tyler Naquin, and then there's nine tied with four. So my guess is Acuna is one of those guys who falls in the four marker. Yes, that's that's got to be it. I know he's put up some, and he's just been, the home runs that he hit, has hit have not <laughs> been light home runs. Like those are, no, I think three of the four home runs that he's hit, he's hit has been over like 415 feet. And he put one out, I think a week ago, that was just an absolute nuke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's off to a great start this year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be obviously watching him. He's one of my favorite players in the league, so obviously I'll be uh, seeing how he progresses throughout the season. And obviously it's it's just getting started, so he's got a lot of time to to go for that 40-40 club. And then speaking of the Braves, the Braves Philly call last night stirred up a ton of controversy around the MLB. And holy cow, was it a awful call? I don't, did you? Yeah, I'm assuming you saw the call. Yeah, no, I, I saw it live last night. Uh, I was watching it. I was watching the game from my couch, and I I was in disbelief when I saw it happen. I was just shocked, especially after they the umpires called to New York. They called to Manhattan to get a second opinion, and the call was like was upheld. It stood, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but someone that some they need a new hire in New York because that was ridiculous that that call should have been overturned that game should have gone into the bottom half of the ninth with the with the score being tied but the braves ended up losing so that that was a stolen w and from the braves possible stolen w in my opinion even mike trout tweeted about it last night some he like uh quote tweeted somebody that said that was maybe one of the worst calls yeah I've will seen. middlebrooks he tweeted at the uh former Red Sox third baseman who played with the Red Sox uh, back when they went to the World Series in like 2013 when they played the St. Louis Cardinals and Albert Pujols and Alan Craig and all those guys. And it, so 
Mike Trout tweeted that Will Middlebrooks just saying, like, agreeing with him pretty much saying, like, that was god-awful. Like, they needed to, to figure it out in the, in the umpire's office or whatever because it was just so bad. He literally slid over home plate without touching it. Yeah. And that changed the whole dynamic of that game, too, because I can't remember what exact inning it was in, but it was a tie ball game. And it just, I, it's speechless for me. Yeah, I agree. They need to figure it out in Manhattan because that was that's disgraceful to the game of baseball, in my opinion. And then going back to people that are hot with a little bit of a uh, extra little piece of information, J.D. Martinez. So last year, because of the whole Astros situation with them being exposed for cheating and whatnot, J.D. Martinez, who is a big guy on watching film and stuff like that, he could not watch it after games and stuff like that due to this whole Astros thing. And then the MLB came back together, the writer, or not the writers, but the commissioner's office, and said that you could watch film after the games and stuff like that. And J.D. Martinez, ever since then, has just been on an absolute tear. Yeah, he's he's uh, tied for first in the league with home runs with five, tied with Byron Buxton, Tyler Naquin for the Reds, and then Ryan McMahon, who's the Rockies' first baseman. And the only reason why McMahon's up there is because he had a three-homer game the other day at Coors Field, and the ball obviously flies out of that yard. But anyways, yeah, J.D. Martinez is like Javier Baez, and he's one of those guys that needs to watch video like during 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 a nine-inning baseball game. While the game's going on, he'll go down to the clubhouse and he'll review his swing and he'll review, um, like, he'll honestly look at a pitcher's delivery, he'll look at the windup, he'll look at, look at pitch grips. He, he does everything to try and perfect his swing and realize or uh, recognize uh, or work on his pitch recognition, basically. And that's uh, one thing that was taken away because, like you said, uh, the Astros scandal last, the last or uh, what was it, two years ago now, three years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, so that was one thing that was taken away in the 60-game season last year. And obviously, COVID played into effect. Like, they didn't want guys – they wanted guys separated six feet apart. They didn't want guys going down to the clubhouse and touching a whole bunch of different equipment. They wanted everything to be personalized, and everybody everybody had to have their bats and their bat rack. Like, it was, it was, just, it was just a weird season. And obviously, JD's – it's nice to see J.D. Martinez raking because baseball is just not the same without him doing well. So. Yeah, and he's also been one of those guys that's just came from not being not being supposed to be a good player. Just he was supposed to be your average guy that just kind of went out there yeah, and he did it. Into a exactly, he so. is one of the best hitter all around hitters in the game. He goes the other way like it's nobody's business, and I think he hit a home run two nights ago that fastball probably an inch and a half off the plate and just hit an absolute laser down the line in I think it was Camden Yards just smoked it so it's, it's well I could be wrong but I think JD Martinez had a game this year where he hit multiple home runs I don't know if it was two or three but I think it was at Camden Yards when he was playing the Orioles it might have been two okay Either way, I know he's had a game this year where he's had, like, multiple. So, yeah, it's nice to see J.D. raking. He's up there in average, too. He's up there in RBIs. It's good to see him doing well again. Because last year, what, he? I think he hit around 200 or below 200. It was, like, yeah, really it was bad. really bad for him. Yeah. Speaking of struggling, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this on Instagram. It was all over Twitter, too, about the Cubs batting average going into this past weekend. 
No, I didn't see it. So their average was 132, I believe, and the the whole league's (laughs) pitching average was 140. So the league. Oh, so it's the worst in baseball. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that the whole league's. The pitchers in the whole MLB were hitting better than the whole Cubs lineup combined, average wise. Oh. Oh, I I just made that connection in my head. Yeah. That, that's. Uh, I I don't know what to say to that. That's really bad, considering I'm a Cubs fan. And, and I, the only reason why I say I'm a Cubs fan is because I used to go to the Cubs games when I was younger with my dad. So I'm not a bandwagon. I liked them before they got good. But the fact that they're hitting, what you say, 132? I think it was 132. They picked it up a lot this past week. But going into last weekend after we recorded the podcast, I saw that fact or post it was like on mlb what's Fox. the record you know what the record is i can't remember what the record is right now but i know that they're below 500 that's that's um i would assume that with a team that's hitting below or below 150 so yeah just wow yeah, 132 is really bad that has to be one of the worst starts to a season like hitting wise average wise that has to be one of the worst and since it's averages become a stat Yes. Where you're getting out hit by the MLB pitchers, you you should know you screwed up somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Especially when you have Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, all those guys in that lineup. Yeah. That's really bad. But on the other hand, pick I pick it up though. There's that team's too that team's too good to not win ball games. Correct. And then, did you see the Dodgers rings? The Dodgers got their rings. Oh yeah, it was like two hundred carat or something, like or two hundred diamonds. It was. It was. I think yeah, it was like two hundred twenty-two diamonds on average, which is it differs because of the numbers and stuff like that. Like, like the players' numbers. So if you're like number nineteen, you're gonna have more diamonds than number nine, just because you have to fill in the one with diamonds. So like the average was like two hundred twenty-two. But I don't know if you saw their boxes that they received the rings in. Did you Were see? they plated too or something like that? What do you, uh, no. It had a TV, like a screen built in with a World Series highlights in the box. Yeah, just crazy. Wow. Really? I, I need to go look this up now. I wonder how they, like, kind of like a smartphone kind of. Like yeah, a, like a literal little screen in it. So when you opened it up, it... It had a speaker in it, too, and just played, like, World Series highlights. It was crazy. That's, like, the second thing you've told me that I didn't know. I I remember we talked earlier, uh, like, I don't know, it was episode, like, four or five earlier on in, in the show, in the, well, in the season, that you told me about how the Oakland A's were, you know, building, like, a new stadium. I didn't know that, but I had no idea about a TV screen. Like, it was, like, a TV screen, kind of? Yeah, it was, like, a literal, like, probably six, seven-inch screen built into the box with all their highlights, and each player got, like, a different video inside each box. Oh, that was it. So that was, like, so, for example, like, if Cody Bellinger got when he got his ring, it was probably highlights built around him, right? Correct. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, That has to be the first time that's ever been done. 100%. That's awesome, and that just goes to show, like, how far – like we've come as like like the technology is just so advanced nowadays like i think the dodger or joss i don't i think just jostens or whatever make the rings for because i know jostens makes super bowl rings it you so it's I, different uh usually each team uses like a hometown based 
rings, rings for the right? MLB. So that's how oh, you. So that might not be something that we see again unless the Dodgers win a World Series again. Yeah, or unless somebody else does it. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Either way, that's really cool, and I'd like. I'm going to go on social media after this podcast is on and see uh, what it looks like because that's definitely cool. Yeah. Now I want to move into Tigers. Oh, no. Tigers I don't really do. want to talk about the Tigers, but we have to. So we we'll do have to. Uh, first, the bad news: Miguel Cabrera is out uh, for on a ten-day IL with uh, bice or tricep strain. Zuh. Yeah, it said plural, which is a little weird to me. It could. So what I get out of that is, yeah, it was like a tricep strain, but it could be something else, which is kind of scary. And that's what I guess that might be with the plural is like it. I think it's they have an idea of what it is, but it, hopefully it's nothing that turns into a crazy injury that keeps them out for longer than a week. Exactly. Because either way, Miguel Cabrera hasn't been the same because of injuries the last few years. So it would obviously be nice to have him back where he could play like 100, even 120 games, 130 games and hopefully like he can get himself into a groove where he can start driving the ball to the yard. He'll see the ball a lot. So he, hopefully he can hit for average a little bit, but he hasn't been the same because of injuries and it would suck to see him go down with something serious that keeps him out for a lot this year. He's so close to so many milestones too. Oh, it's just 500 home runs, 3000 hits. I mean, just you name it. He's so, well, he's cl- going to be a hall of famer regardless. Regardless. He's, he's been one of the, he's been one of the best hitters of our lifetime. Like he's one of, he's up there with Ichiro and Albert Pujols. Mike Trout's obviously going to become one of the best hitters of like he's Mike Trout's one of the best hitters of our lifetime. But I'm talking about you know for guys like us who were born like I was born in '99 and you were born in like 2000. You know, it's these are guys that we've watched like our whole we've had an opportunity to watch our whole life. And Miguel Cabrera's up there, and yeah, he's he's what like I think 13, 14 home runs away from 500. He's a, he's only. Like he's less than a hundred hits away from three thousand, I think. No, I think it's like one. Or is it a little more? It's one twenty, I believe. One thirty, okay, maybe. So he's close. He's close. Regardless, he's close, and that's something you get obtained like in a season, in a full season, that is. Yes. So. Yeah, it sucks, and hopefully, uh, this will be the year he can he can hit those milestones. He just needs to stay off the, the IL. Correct. Speaking of Tigers that are kind of on a hot streak. Wilson Ramos, he's had a three home run streak. Well, yeah, yeah home runs back to back to back days. Yes, th- yes, three home runs yeah. in three games. So he's got yeah, a nice he's little been streak the ball going, really well, which is nice because he we we haven't had a good backstop for the last couple of years. Obviously, James McCann, but who's our catcher? Is have you noticed ever since James McCann? Like this is a little off topic, but ever since he left Detroit, he's been doing much better. You could say that about every single player that has ever got traded out of Detroit. Yeah, you're right. Max Scherzer, David Price, the list goes on. Yeah, you're right, 100%. James McCann's an all-star now. For like, in the, I think he's a Met, but he was an all-star with the White Sox last year. Correct. He was an all-star once with Detroit. Give him a break. Yeah, but he didn't hit as well as he did with the Mets and, and the White Sox. But anyways, yeah, it's nice to have a good backstop. Uh, someone who's reliable, Wilson Ramos. His defense has been – sorry to interrupt you, but his defense has been god-awful. Like that, His it, defense has – yeah, he's allowed a lot of pass balls. and He has not been good at keeping balls in front of him. That's for sure. I agree with that. I agree with you on that 
but his bat has been not too bad. Like from a power aspect, he's been driving the ball from gap to gap, and excuse me, and he's been driving the ball to the yard, which is awesome. And we haven't had a power catcher since. Well, I don't think we haven't had a power catcher in years. The last one I think of is Alex Avila, and he had one year where he hit like 19 home runs. And then obviously we had Pudge in the early 2000s, and Pudge has always hit for decent power numbers, but we haven't had a true like power catcher. And I think Wilson Ramos, he's he's on the he's on the verge of falling into that category. Yeah, and if he keeps up the offense, I mean, you, you really can't complain about the defense. It's kind of like a Gary Sanchez situation of, like, yeah. Oh, absolutely, I agree, 100%. Yeah, Gary Sanchez, like we both know, is god-awful from a defensive standpoint. Dude cannot catch a baseball game to save his life, but the Yankees still put him in there because he's a great hitter. And obviously, they could DH him, but they have other options there, so... Yeah, it's kind of the same situation with Wilson Ramos. I think Wilson Ramos is not known to be a great defenseman, but I don't think he's as bad as he's doing right now. Like, I've seen him catch baseball games in New York with the Mets. I've seen him catch baseball games in D.C. with the Nationals, and he's not been this bad. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully that changes because uh, we need someone who's reliable back there, especially with uh, our pitching staff. Yeah, as we wrap it up, though, I kind of just want to touch on, like, Tigers outlooks going forward it's been a rough couple couple days getting swept by Cleveland on just god-awful defense god-awful pitching and not very good hitting I don't know if you have anything else to say no it's uh I'm to be honest I'm not surprised uh Chris Castellani you know Chris Castellani is right oh yeah Yep. It, it just when the Tigers lose, like it sucks, yeah. But it just makes me. I look forward to watching this guy's videos. Well, shout out to that guy, Chris Castellani. For those of you who don't know, he's a social media influencer, content creator. He's been making Tigers post game videos for the last couple of years, and he's hilarious. So if you guys want to check him out, go check him out. Any, anyway, he does I, use some vulgar language, so, yeah, so not not suitable that. for work. Yeah, exactly, not suitable for work. But if you're uh, big into baseball entertainment, he's the guy for you. But anyways, like I know guys like you and I listen to him, and it just makes his post game videos that much better. And but for us Tiger, like guys like you and I, again, us, who are diehard Tigers fans, it's it sucks to watch watch him lose. And and what we can't say this wasn't going to happen. Like I know this, t- we know this team's not great. Like we know they're they're not going to win a World Series anytime soon. This team's been rebuilding for the last few years, and they're still stuck in it. Like yeah, we made a couple good acquisitions like accusations over over uh, the off season. We got no Martin Nazara. He's nothing special. He can hit the ball out of the yard a little bit. We got Wilson Ramos. Nothing special. He can hit the ball out of the yard a little bit. He's been struggling defensively. You know, we're slowly making moves. The farm system looks good, but I don't think like guys like Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson are going to get be here anytime soon. With probably going to be a couple of years until those guys are up. So I'm not going to get super excited about the Tigers. Probably, I'm not going to get super excited about Tigers baseball probably within the next couple of years. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's correct. How I, I mean, it always comes to like the July to September time where we get the few guys that get called up that were like, right. okay, we've heard a lot about these guys. Let's see what they can do in the MLB, knowing that it's going to take them a year and a half to fully adjust. But exactly, yeah, and obviously it's not easy to adjust. But we got—I know we have the guys in our farm system. Obviously, there's guys more than Riley Green, Dad, or uh, excuse me, and Spencer Torkelson. There's Daz Cameron, there's Matt Manning. There's a whole bunch of guys who still have their opportunities. So 
I'm excited about our farm system, but I'm not excited about our, our team right now. Yeah, and I think that's honestly probably the best place to leave it off. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Wally Pit Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. Have a great day. Thank you.